Welcome to When Fear Reigns. Today we pick up where we left off on our last episode. Let's listen in as Dr. Parlow and Pastor Ben continue to discuss the creation of the world as told in the book of Genesis. So walk us back. Let's let's get back to the six-day creation, young earth, uh, six 24-hour periods. Kind of walk us through why that's something that we can say yes to. Like what, well, what? you know, here's the, here's the things I often look at it, and you hear this argument the other way, and with uh, whether people say, well, how long was a day? Let's just talk about that. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, the, the Hebrew word there, when it says and God in the beginning, God created, and that was day one, day two, day three. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a Hebrew word named Yom, or called Yom, Y O M for English, mm-hmm. right? Yom generally means twenty four hour period. Uh, the context will determine if it's talking about a 24-hour period, a normal 24-hour period, or the span of someone's life, mm. or like uh, uh, the reign of a king in the days of whoever. Yeah, yeah. Now, I'll give you some statistics that um, uses of the word yom just outside Genesis 1. Let's just go out even outside Genesis 1, see how God used it throughout. Yeah. Um, the word yom or day plus a number occurs 410 times, and it always means an ordinary day. Okay. When you have so evening, if it was like three days or ten right. days or three days. Correct. Yeah, As God uses it, you see that it's very clearly, it's a 24-hour period. Then you have evening and morning. When that's t- uh, together with the d- word day or without the word, uh, it's 38 times. Okay. Then evening and morning, that's without the word day. Then evening and morning with the word day, that's t- 23 times. Okay. Then night with the word day, 52 times. In all those uses, it means an ordinary Day. So 100% of the times. 100% of those times. Yep. Gotcha. It's it. Are there other times it says in the days of Noah? Yeah, but the context yeah. tells you it's talking about in his lifetime yeah. or in a king's reign. And that doesn't happen. It doesn't say in the evenings and the mornings and the days of Noah. Correct. what you're saying. Correct. Yeah. And so when you have it in Genesis, you look at the context and it's there talking about evening, yeah. morning, just morning. regular time frames. The, the thing I always point to as well is when God through Moses goes ahead and, and sets up kind of the work week, what we use the pattern today. Yeah. He says to them in Exodus chapter 20, listen, uh, just as God created the world in three or in six days, I want you to work six days. And on the seventh day, he rested or ceased creating. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to use that seventh day and dedicate it to the Lord, a Sabbath to the Lord. Well, very clearly there, God's telling Moses, write this down, and I want you to base your work week, how you measure time mm-hmm. through the seasons, Based on how I created this world, he didn't say, "I want you to work like six million years and take a million years off." You know? But so again, you look at how Scripture responds to that, and uh, it, you see it. It's it's used in a twenty-four hour period. Now, if you look at the b- book of Genesis and as used in the New Testament, again, you go back and you look, and it's what does it say? It's always talking about a six-day creation. It's interesting to me that um, when people say, "Well, you know," That can't be. Jesus believed in a literal Genesis, six-day creation, a literal Adam and Eve, and a global flood. He mentions that all in in his ministry. But there are over a hundred references to Genesis in the New Testament, over a hundred of them. So it's important. 60 references to Genesis 1, uh, chapter 1 through chapter 11 in the New Testament. In the New Testament, it refers to all 11 chapters of Genesis 1 through 11. So all, okay. all chapters. So there's a reference that goes to Genesis right. 1, uh, right. 1 to Genesis and, 2. And Jesus himself referred to Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 11 16 times. Okay. So, uh, you know, why is he doing it? Because he's referring to history. Mm-hmm. Not some legend. Yeah. Not something that someone made up later to make us look better or somehow. But it's very clear that the New Testament writers, including the Son of God himself in the flesh, 
took Genesis as real history. And I think that's important for Jesus followers to understand. Yeah. So if I'm hearing you correctly, Genesis 1 to 11, kind of that first phase where people will add interpretation or they'll add a billion, million years or they'll They'll change day to mean epoch. When Jesus points back to it, when other New Testament writers point back to it, that's not how they're reading. Correct. And that's not how the Old Testament believers read it either. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, like I said, when God gives the Ten Commandments and on the third, the third commandment, which would be number the third commandment, you know, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, he uses the example, well, I created the world in six days. Mm-hmm. I want you to work for six days and then take the seventh day off and as a Sabbath to the Lord. He uses it as a pattern there, very clearly pointing to the days of Genesis as real days. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I mean, if you don't take them as real days, you've got a lot of problems Yeah, from a scientific, you know, we can go through that at some point too. And I would guess, I don't know this for sure, maybe maybe you can help me understand it better, but the the insertion of long periods of time in Genesis 1 and 2, whether it's between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, or it's within those days, I'm going to guess that that never came about until Big Bang Evolution came out of the scene. Like nobody, no Old Testament Jew is saying, ah, these are probably longer. Nobody writing in the Talmud was saying, this isn't really what actually happened. Nobody in later, you know, even after the Dark Ages, we get to the Enlightenment. Nobody's saying this isn't real. Not until that. At least not not that I've come across in reading. I've seen it now. Darwin wasn't the first one to come up with the idea. Right. But it was circulating around him and before him. But I, I am not privy to anything, and maybe our listeners can help me out on that, that, that shows that people already were starting to speculate that those days of creation were somehow eons of time. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't believe that the case. And there's also a number of problems with that when you look at that. I mean, whether you're talking about the gap or just evolutionary science yeah. or so-called science and, and creation itself, what happens is if it becomes longer periods of time, it places death before sin mm. because things will at some point die. And, and, you know, it, it talks about in Scripture, that, therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, for since Adam came, came death came, right? And Jesus came to be the resurrection from the dead. Those passages are dealing primarily with human death. It's also clear from Romans 8 that sin affected all of creation. So this idea of, okay, that's it's eons of time. Mm-hmm. You're then putting death before sin, and that's not a good thing. Or others would point out you probably have the sun created before the earth, and that's the opposite of what Genesis tells us, and that Satan fell before the end of creation week. Mm-hmm. And that would mean, gosh, not everything was then very good. Yeah, That would be a lie. Uh, you would have the dinosaurs didn't live with mankind, and that's a problem because you got pictures of them where human beings lived in caves, and you got pictures of what we would call dinosaurs all over the place. You've got even a problem of uh, then you say Noah's flood wasn't a worldwide catastrophe. You've got yeah, that. Yeah. You've got symbiotic relationships are non-existent. Like um, some flies, some insects can't survive without certain plants, mm-hmm. and so they have to be there at the same time. If one is created millions of years before the plant shows up, or vice versa, you, you, can't, you can't have them. That doesn't mm-hmm. work. And so there's a lot of conflicts with with that idea that suddenly the days of creation aren't days. Mm-hmm. And, and people go, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, there's a lot of things that don't make sense to me in Scripture, and right. I don't expect them to because I've got this little pea-sized mind yeah. compared to an infinite God. Well, and I think on that point, it's if if it's hard to understand the way it's written, it's even – because God didn't take 24 hours to create. I mean, he doesn't – on day one, he doesn't take 24 hours to create light yeah. and dark. It, it happens, snap of a finger By the power of his word, right. And I think that's an interesting picture and tool to, to highlight because – uh, Jesus comes here and John yep. tells us 
He was the word. He was the word. He's yeah. he's the he's the word. And then what does he say? Well, you know what? As Peter said, um, you're born again not of perishable seed, but imperishable by the word of God. Mm-hmm. Notice it's God's word that empowers the sacraments, baptism and Lord's Supper. It was from the very beginning God's word that through which he gave power, created the world. It's God's word that we get a chance to speak and share as Jesus followers that brings people to faith by his power. And keeps them in the faith. I, I always think that's very interesting. And it was that very word he says from the very beginning says, you know, until I come again in judgment and in glory, my word's not going to disappear. Mm-hmm. I, I just, that's why I always like the fact that as Jesus followers, we're people of the book. Mm-hmm. We're people of the word. And I think that's, that's something that's sometimes lost on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, with as much power as that word has, all power, right? Why is it so hard to imagine that he would create in six 24 hour periods? Well, because it doesn't make any sense, right? Right, but neither does anything else the Word well, yeah, right? I mean, it's so beyond our well, but it's, it, Let's face it's part of faith. You and I aren't going mm-hmm. to look at science and then be convinced that Jesus is our Savior. We believe that by faith. The Holy Spirit leads us to believe those things that without the Holy Spirit living in us, we naturally consider to be foolish. Mm-hmm. Because by nature, what do we believe? We believe that we're our own God. We just don't know it. We have to discover that. Or by nature, we believe everyone by nature is good, which always tells me you're single and don't have any children. <laughs> because as soon as you have children, you realize they're not good by yeah, nature. Yeah. Or by nature, we believe that if there's a heaven, we can take credit for getting there, at least partial credit mm-hmm. for getting there. Well, by by faith, we understand we can't do any of that. By faith, we understand, the, like Hebrews 11, by faith, we understand that everything was created by God's command. Mm-hmm. So when people say, well, if you show people enough evidence, they're going to come to faith. You and I have to be careful of that, and so do our listeners, because remember, Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus mm-hmm. committed, uh, committed, performed many miracles before they put him to death. Yeah. They still crucified him. Yeah, right. I, people right. go, hey, we're going to find Noah's Ark. Well, that's not going to mean people are going to be yeah. <laughs> Christians. Now they'll make a really cool museum. Yeah, there you go. And they'll sell parts of it. <laughs> Lots of parts of Lots it. Lots right? of parts of it. So, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a miracle of faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, does science point to the one who gave us that faith and created this world? I believe clearly it does. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to use a scientific book to go ahead and bring someone to faith. Mm-hmm. God only does it through his word. You might gain an audience for that word yeah. by knowing how to answer scientific questions and doing scientific uh, study. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. But don't think that science is going to bring people to faith because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. That's really that's really helpful. Thanks for helping us think through that, John. Uh, I want to take a little bit of a this is parallel to, but I recently heard a, a talk by John Lennox, who's another mathematician. Mathematician, yeah. Um, Brilliant he, man. He talks about why those first words of Genesis 1 are under such attack, in the beginning God. Um, and he's got this really, we'll link to it in the show notes, but it, it was fascinating to me whether, whether you're a Jesus follower who's really trying to turn Genesis 1 and 2 into something it's not, or you're coming at it with the evolution worldview, uh, that's, if you can get those four words to fall, then everything else is up for debate, right? Whether it's morality or the role of Jesus or the the assessment of the human soul or the human creature. Yeah, meaning in life, all of that. And and finally, destiny. Finally, destiny. If you can get those, everything else, because everything else is built on that that reality. Yeah, and I I, I know that you're not saying 
that if someone doesn't believe in Genesis, they can't be a Christian. I don't think you and I would say no. that. You always start with the cross and move backwards. Right. And then say, well, this Jesus who saved you and died for all of your sins and has won for you um, eternal life and has conquered death for you, he, here's what his word says about mm-hmm. how we got here. Mm-hmm. Here's what his word says about creation. Mm-hmm. That's the point you work. You don't try to start with Genesis and then right. convince people of the cross. Right. Always start at the cross. But I, I will say... And this is something that we can talk about. If I can't believe my Savior when he talks about Genesis, mm-hmm. am I going to start to wonder when he talks about my forgiveness right. or what morality really is mm-hmm. or how I'm supposed to use his gift that he's given me of sexuality or how am I really supposed to treat my neighbor yeah. or what really is truth? Pilate's great question that mm-hmm. right. he probably wish right. he never asked. <laughs> well, and I think you're exactly right. Thanks for helping me clarify that because... I know a lot of Christians who are, they're new to the faith. I believe Jesus died for my sins, take, takes away my sins. It's made me right with God, I'm going to heaven. Who in the next breath say, I really struggle with that Genesis 1 thing. That's one group of people. There is another group of people, however, who are trying to, they have an agenda. And they know that if they can get, in the beginning, God created. If they can get that to fall, then the rest of their agenda is now open. And to one, man, all kinds of patience and grace and compassion. I get it. It is, it's beyond my thinking. I, I believe it partly because that's what I've heard all my life. You're just new to this. So I, I understand that. To the other, back off, right? Mm-hmm. You you have no no room here. Your agenda does not does not allow you to undermine these words. Again, it comes in with your presuppositions. I'm If you're going into science and saying, okay, let's just see what we can measure and replicate and see what's most plausible and probable mm-hmm. and see what direction it points to. Does it point to atheistic evolution, naturalism, or does it point to intelligent design and creationism? Mm-hmm. Be honest about that. Don't start from the very beginning going, well, it can't possibly be there. There's right. not a God. So therefore, I'm going to use circular reasoning. I'm going to use poor scientific investigation. I'm going to use my own, I don't know, my own prejudice to cloud what I believe I'll find. Mm-hmm. And finally, you'll find whatever you want to find to make sure you continue to believe what you believe you want to. Good. Thanks, John, for helping us think through that. Any any last thoughts or are we missing something you want you want to make sure that we think of? I, I, I don't. I, I would just tell the listeners, this is this really deserves a much larger time frame for your own personal study. Yeah. Again, in the show notes, we'll link to some things that I think will be very helpful for you. Some, uh, I would say, some, uh, some pretty nice uh, websites as well as some written material for yourself, some podcasts, mm-hmm. as well as maybe um, some apps. Mm-hmm. That you'll, you'll want to take a look at. But once again, as we said in previous ones, if you have young children, mm-hmm. if you have kids in high school and college and, and, and they're going for, especially if they're going away into the sciences, you need to talk to them about this when they're in third grade and fourth grade mm-hmm. and fifth grade and prepare them to be not only evangelists and ambassadors for Jesus, but if necessary, ones who defend the faith. Yeah. You know, very, very good young people who are able to be apologetists. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're we're going to be releasing this in October. <clears throat> like kids have gone off to college. Maybe you've got a freshman. It's not too late to have that conversation. you got to have No, that, I mean, you got to have it. I mean, yeah. because it's almost like, hi, I'm a bleeding swimmer yeah. in shark-infested waters. And a lot of times you're with really great students, really bright minds, most of which, many of which have no religious background at all. Mm-hmm. And all they've ever learned was scientism. Yeah. And so when the professor says, by the way, you know, you got those – those foolish people who believe yeah. that you're here because of some unknown yeah. God, maybe yeah. the spaghetti God up in the yeah. sky, you suddenly are wondering, 
never heard this before and he yeah. sounds so smart. I don't want that to be your child. I want your child to be able to say, you know what? Yeah, I've heard this. I know where he's going with this. I know what he's trying to do. Yeah. You, they need to be prepared to give a reason for what they believe. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're getting a fall break, you've got Thanksgiving break coming up, you're going to go up and visit for parents weekend, have those conversations. Absolutely. And if if your young people need uh, some resources, I hope this podcast can help them and yep. some of the things you put in the show notes, contact your pastor. Yep. I'm sure he has sure. things for you as well. Yep. Well, thanks, John, for helping us think through that. It's really good to be able to dig deeply into this creation because, as we found, it has implications in so many different areas of life and history and interactions, and, and it's been good to kind of dig in. Uh, I hope as you've been listening to this conversation that we've been having that uh, questions have come up for you, that maybe a few questions have found answers. If you have uh, if there's something that uh, you felt like we didn't address in relation to this, make sure you leave us a comment on our social media. You'll find us on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, make sure you share this with uh, your teens who have gone off to college maybe or with somebody else who's kind of struggling with this discussion about creation. Uh, you can do that through your podcasting app uh, or on our website. But thanks so much for, for tuning in. And I hope this time today has allowed the fear of God to reign in your life. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive into the opening passages of the Bible. What are some topics you'd like us to cover? Email us at info at whenfearreigns.com. Again, that's info at whenfearreigns.com. We'll see you next time on When Fear Reigns.